Hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today, and once again, welcome. Now today what we're doing is we're continuing our new series, which is entitled, These Three Remain. And even as last week, we dove into the life of Abraham and Sarah, talking about their relationship with God as an example of the biblical faith that God has called us to. The three things are, in fact, faith, hope, and love, but today we're going to focus on biblical hope. Biblical hope, and the reason we're going to do so is because even as the scripture says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so when we talk about having a hope in life, we know hope is something we all desperately need to continue to move forward in our life in God, our families, our careers, our walk in, um, work in the ministry, doing it all in love and with a great hope that God is in fact going to move on behalf of our prayers and efforts. And so today we're going to focus on this statement that we will experience the resurrection life of God as Jesus remains the foundation of our hopes. To do so, we're going to break the message down into three parts. We're going to talk first about the reason for hope. Secondly, we're going to talk about hope in the midst of suffering. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about why hope springs eternal. So before we do anything else, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word to us today. And we thank you that you continually give us a living hope in your son, Jesus Christ, and his finished work at the cross. God, we're praying that out of that hope, we might continue to love you with all of our heart, mind, souls, and strength and serve you with everything that's within us, that your kingdom might come and your will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's start by talking about hope, the reason for hope. Now, the reason that we can have hope in life is because we have seen and trust in the goodness of God. The very foundation of hope is that God is good. And because God is good, we can have hope that his expressions towards us are good and also what he does in our lives, for our lives, and through our lives will also be good. Now, hope, biblically defined, is often a pleasurable anticipation and a confident expectation of good. It's a confident expectation of good. That I don't hope for bad things in my life. You don't hope for bad things in your family. We don't hope for bad things for our nation or world. What we hope for is good and God's goodness being expressed to us. And hope is based on the good that God has already shown of himself in the world and has been testified to in specific examples throughout history in scripture. Now, Jesus specifically is the, uh, the uh, incarnate expression of that goodness of God. And what he's shown us amongst other things about God is that he's a kind miracle worker who exhorts those who would follow him that as you hope in him, literally all things are possible for those who believe, for those who put their hope in his goodness, his plan, and his purposes. And when you've seen the goodness of God in one area of your life, 
ultimately it's a natural thing that you would also have hope for it in another. Even if you've only experienced the goodness of God by the testimony of others or the testimony that's come through the scripture. Now, when God, we know that God is good and that he's called us to a biblical hope, what we can have hope in is his exhortation invigorates us to have hope for several things. He gives us hope for things like healings, healings in our physical bodies, our minds, our emotions, our, our, our perspectives on life. He gives us hope for deliverances from oppressive spirits, evil spirits that have tried to torment and really bind people up in their souls throughout their lifetimes. God has given us hope for our, um, for us to one day have families that honor and re represent him well. If he's not called us to the good and mighty call of singleness, he's called us to one day have a family and to, if you already have a family, add to it with his blessing. He's called us to the hope of miracle provision. He's called us to the hope of a redefined purpose after all that's been shaken in this past year and really, uh, really finding that what we've previously pursued for in some cases has been lost. God calls us to a hope in him to rebuild and reestablish that which was lost. He calls us to a hope for a renewed strength and direction. Even when you feel like you might have lost your way and ultimately he calls us for uh, to a hope for salvation for our family members our friends our classmates our neighbors our co-workers and those who are beloved in our community now these are all things worthy of biblical hope because of the track record of god now <clears throat> when we see god's moved in other people's lives that brings about his goodness and biblical hope it gives us hope for our lives as well right we don't feel like we are the only ones who are uh, outside of or undeserving of hope, but we know that God in his word tells us that he is no respecter of persons and he not only gives his salvation to all who would believe, but also gives hope for those who would come to him and call upon his name as well. And the benefit of this hope is that it does at least three things. When God gives us hope in life, hope stabilizes us. It number two energizes us. And it number three gets us out of bed with a very clear and sure expectation in the morning. And I don't know about you, but that's the way that I want to live. I want to live every day with a great hope in my life about in God and what God can accomplish as I go to him, humbly submitted to him and his commands in prayer. Now, this is why King David, who was known to be a man after God's own heart in the scripture. He was the second king of Israel and the author of one of the most famous Psalms, Psalm 23. He wrote about God and his goodness and the hope that he had in God's goodness this way. In Psalm 23, six, he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David had great hope in all of his days because he knew the goodness of the Lord. And this was, yeah, this was an interesting phrase that God's goodness and mercy would follow him all the days of his life because it literally had the implication that God's goodness would find and chase down the one who was submitted to the Lord as one of his beloved sheep because of God's goodness, as we talked about last week, and not necessarily our own.
So that when we choose to serve God, love him, serve him, submit our lives to him and obey his commandments, he says his goodness is chasing us down. Yet interestingly, this terminology also followed the fact that David and those who would follow would, as Psalm 23, 4 says, at times walk through the valley of the shadow of death and that God would prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Meaning that even in the midst of God expressing his goodness and us having a hope in his goodness, we would also at times have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and that he would also have to set a table for us because we, in the midst of our enemies, meaning we don't prefer to have enemies, but God would have to show his goodness even in their presence. Thus, the hope that God intends for his people to have is not in the absence of suffering, but in fact, hope that God gives is in the midst of it. And this is why we can know that hope can ultimately be challenged, but God can meet us there. Hope can be challenged, but God can meet us there. And as the Apostle Paul continued to write the same letter to the Romans that we referenced last week with Abraham and Sarah's story in Romans chapter 4, he continued that same train of thought picking up in Romans chapter 5, talking not just about faith in God, but actually having a biblical hope. And this is where he says in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, meaning counted innocent in God's sight, by faith, by our trust in God, by our trust in Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning the only way that we're going to have peace with God is through Jesus' accomplished work for us on the cross, taking our taking on our punishment that we deserve in sacrifice that we might instead receive his right standing with a holy and righteous father and reconcile us to him by that perfect life that Jesus lived. And Paul continues saying, through him, meaning Jesus, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace, God giving us what we don't deserve in which we stand. And we rejoice in what? In hope. Hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what we see is that God actually utilizes the circumstances of life to produce endurance, character, and hope in us through the love that he pours into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us as a gift whenever we choose to turn from our sinful ways and turn to him as Lord. That's a gift he gives us. Now, when we think about hope and suffering, we know that coming out of the pandemic, suffering has expressed itself to us in many forms. For some of us, we've literally lost loved ones because of the COVID-19 virus. 
And to that, we say our hearts go out to you. Our prayers are with you. And we are so sorry for your loss. For others of us, we've lost jobs and financial stability, which is a type of suffering. Absolutely. Others have lost friendships or have received or have been pressing through family strains because of all that came with the social unrest or the election from this past season. But the truth is, all of these are types of suffering where God can meet us. God can heal us and God can give us hope in the midst of our suffering. And when we look at the life of Abraham and Sarah, who we referenced last week, what we see is that their suffering at their time was that they were advanced in years, Abraham being 75, Sarah being a few young years younger in her 60s, already having gone through menopause. And in that culture, their suffering was that though God had made blessed them and made them wealthy, they did not have physical children. And what they wanted to really come into a place of fulfillment in their own hearts was to have a physical lineage. And their suffering had been that they would had remained childless up to that point. But God came with a promise that God said, you, Abraham, were going to be the father of many nations from your own physical body and from Sarah's womb by my miracle power and my hand. I'm giving you hope. And not only that, but through you, all nations are going to be blessed. And I'm going to bring in my son, Jesus, the Christ, who is going to be the savior of the world. Yet the interesting thing is, though God had made them wealthy, and though at 75, he gave them this miraculous promise. In between the time that God gave Abraham the promise, and when Isaac, the child of promise, actually came on the scene, when he was birthed by Sarah. It took 25, not days, not months, but 25 years. And I'm telling you, if you've ever received a promise from God or read a promise from God in the scripture and were so excited about it at first, but then knew that it was going to take some time to be fulfilled, that too becomes a type of suffering. And suffering in this term came in the waiting. And that's even as we come out of the pandemic, some of the suffering that some of you are experiencing even to this day, even as you're trying to cling to hope in the living God. And this fact that he had to wait 25 years for the promise of God to come about is a type of suffering that we cannot ignore. This is where why to maintain hope, to maintain hope in God, we must learn to lean not on our own strength, but on the strength of the Holy Spirit, whose fruit working in us produces the fruit and the power of long-suffering, which is in fact patience. Patience until we receive the fulfillment of the promise, the fulfillment of our hopes, through the process through which God brings us. This is how Abraham and Sarah learned endurance connected to the promises of God. And it's how you and I will have character formed in us, even as we continually look to God in the hope that he's provided for us through his goodness. 
And though Sarah and Abraham took detours along the way, in between the time that they got the promise and the time that Isaac was born, the long process of waiting on Isaac would eventually develop the character, meaning the quality of being tried, tested, and found usable. The character needed in Abraham and Sarah for them to walk in the purposes of God. And whenever God makes you a promise that fills you with hope, but then allows there to be a time of waiting in between the promise being made and the ultimate fulfillment of the promise, do know this. He's doing exactly what Paul talked about in Romans, allowing it to produce endurance in you, which will lead to character, attested and an approvedness in you, which will ultimately reaffirm your hope and strengthen you all along the way by the love that he has for you, poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit whom he's given you. And so Abraham and Sarah's journey would become an example of the bedrock, bedrock for living a life of hope in God, which we all need to have in and of ourselves. And as we're looking to move forward in 2021, we're to do it with the same hope that Abraham and Sarah had in their walk with God. Now, if we have that type of hope, it offers encouragement to us today as we wait on such things as marriage. There are many of us who are waiting and want to get married and are waiting on marriage one day, as well as people who are married waiting on children. There are people who, coming out of the pandemic, are waiting on provision, promotions, healings in their physical bodies. Even my, in my own family, we will look, continue to look with God, um, to God with hope in his ability to heal that we're looking for for even members of our own family. Salvation. People are waiting in hope on salvation of family members, friends, classmates, workmates, neighbors that they dearly love and are praying for. And ultimately, all of these things, all of these things pale in comparison to the hope of us waiting on the return of Jesus Christ himself, who will redeem and restore all things in our fallen world because he's coming to make all things new. That's the hope that we have in the gospel, that though sin has ravaged the world, the fallen world in which we live, and we've all felt the effects of it, whether physically, mentally, relationally, socially, economically, all of things will be made right by the return of the Lord, the return of the King who comes to redeem and restore all that was lost. That's the hope that we live in. So the question is on what, not on what thing, what things are you waiting in hope today or in what ways you need help enduring only, but in what ways is God using the waiting to produce character in you, character in me? Because when we understand that his ultimate goal is to utilize even our sufferings to affirm the hope that he has for us, then we can Endure. So we have to ask ourselves the question, if that's God's intent, how is biblical hope exercised? Well, whether it's true or not, while we wait in hope, there are times that we might not feel so excited as we wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. And in fact, in Psalm 88, there was a psalmist who 
talked about the doldrums that sometimes we can find ourselves in emotionally, mentally, and otherwise. And the enemy, the enemy of our souls, the devil can try to condemn us while we feel certain ways, yet still have hope in God. But I'm sharing this with you today to help you to understand that hope is not dependent on your feelings. Hope is not dependent on your present state of mind. As long as you keep coming to the place of worship, coming to God in prayer, coming to God in his mission, coming to God in His the fellowship of his body, God says he sees it, affirms it, acknowledges it, and still has an eternal hope, an unshakable hope for you. And in Psalm 188, this is how the psalmist prays. We don't know their condition or the circumstances to which they're referencing, but out of their extreme hurt and discouragement, God is telling, allowing them by the Holy Spirit to cry out to him. And the psalmist says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul, my mind, and my emotions is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, and I know I've felt that way before. Have you felt so down in your circumstances that you feel you have no strength? Well, even then you can have hope according to this word. It says, he says, like one set loose among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember. God, you've forgotten me. You remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Selah, meaning pause and think about that. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Meaning that he didn't even have a friend to lean on in the time of his suffering. This psalmist. And so have you ever been in a place like this before? A place of suffering so deep that you felt like your friends were nowhere to be found. You felt like God himself had forgotten about you. You felt like all the hopes that you might have had that others were able to see fulfilled and enjoy were far from you. 
Well, God is trying to encourage his people through this word that number one, you still can have hope when you feel like this. Because even though you feel like this, God is saying your feelings and how he sees you aren't always the same thing. And this person, though they felt in such a way that they were stuck in their souls, they had enough grace from God to still continue to cry out to him day and night and so express a biblical hope. So express a biblical hope that when you have no other place to go and you still keep coming back to the place of worship and the place of prayer, you are actually expressing a hope in God that he can acknowledge, work with, and bless. You're still in hope. Anytime you keep coming to God, despite your despair, despite your sufferings, that is hope, which is in fact biblical. And hope that God uses to produce endurance in you. Uses to produce character in you. And uses to produce a hope in you that does not disappoint. Because God pours out his love in your hearts by the Holy Spirit as you come to him. And hope was expressed on the part of the psalmist. Because despite their feelings, they kept going to God and calling out to him for his salvation. Uh, for his salvation. Because the psalmist ultimately knew, as they could read back in Genesis 16, that God is the God who sees you and never forgets any part of your pain. And when we put our hope in God, we are putting our hope in El Roy, the God who sees. And he's a compassionate God who brings, who sees when no one else sees and brings redemption out of our suffering. That is the gospel. He's also God who is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's always looking to redeem, meaning buy back that which was lost. God ultimately saw our greatest need, which was sin. He provided the solution for that sin, which was the perfect lamb of God, who had come and lived the perfect life that we should have lived and die on the cross as the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, the sacrificial death that we should have died. And then because of his innocence, be raised three days later so that now we can be at peace when we ask for our daily bread because we're right with him and therefore have hope treated as one of his sheep which have goodness and mercy, even in the midst of our despair at times, following us all of our days. It's into the isolation of the pandemic that God actually wants to pour his love. And so as he pours out his love, what's our hope in the midst of our suffering? That number one, God sees you in the unseen places. Number two, that God calls us into his purposes from those unseen places. And then number three, that God gives us sure promises which will not disappoint us because of his love for us. And this is why we, like the psalmist, can continue to seek God even when it seems like the current end of our song is darkness. Now, condemnation, though it tries to creep in through the devil who's an accuser, the scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit lets us know that we can be both honest with God about our condition because of the state of our sufferings and filled with a hope that God sees and acknowledges at the same times. At the same time, it's part of the process. But why this process? 
Again, he uses this process to produce endurance, character, and true hope within us. And God utilizes our sufferings to help us cement the fact that he, through his son Jesus, is the source, the guardian, and fulfillment of all truly satisfying and enduring hope in life. There are plenty of things that people put their hope in, but they're temporary hopes. And ultimately they fail them or ultimately they lose that in which they were putting their hope, whether through death of a loved one or the loss of a job, they ultimately have hopes that are temporary disappoint them. It's only in Jesus that we have fully satisfying and enduring hopes. This is why C.S. Lewis said in his book, Mere Christianity, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. And this, of course, is not speaking of the fact that you cannot find joy in anything outside of God, rather that you won't find the ultimate enduring joy for which we all long the enduring happiness for which we all long outside of him. And every attempt to do so is ultimately a fleeting quest. It's what the book of Ecclesiastes was ultimately foreshadowing in the life abundant that Christ alone could provide for us. Now, God in his love will allow whatever is necessary to help us realize this. And we rediscover a capacity to hope again through meditating on God's great love for us expressed on Jesus. So that no matter the circumstance in Christ, resurrection life is always part of the story, whether presently or in the life to come. And this is why hope springs eternal. Now, what we mean when we say that hope springs eternal is that the hope that God gives is one that never ends. And the only hope that can ultimately fulfill is found in the eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. Hope can be challenged, you see, as we all have seen in the year 2020, but hope can also be renewed in our year 2021. And the gospel of Christ gives us the context for all human suffering and ultimate glories in Jesus Christ as we hope in him. And it's broken down into the five part, I'll give you today, five part narrative of the gospel story, which enables us to have an enduring permanent hope despite our circumstances in Jesus because of what he's accomplished for us. And it starts number one with the fact that we begin with God's design and our invitation into a blessed life. Because of God's goodness, God invites everyone into a blessed life by his goodness. But number two, we all encounter the consequences of sin and fallen humanity by the in the world in which we live whether it be through the pandemic or all that transpired in the year 2020 we've all felt the effects of sin but this is where Jesus entered became God in the flesh became incarnate and walked amongst us entering into this earthly life and ministry during his times represented in the gospel Number three, we go through the stages of grief and loss, responding to what could have, would have, and should have been if only our hopes had been fulfilled without any suffering. But it's here that Jesus comes alongside of us, keeping us afloat by teaching us the endurance that he himself was able to see forged in him at Gethsemane prior to him going to the cross. 
Number four, Christ comes to our aid, restoring our hope in the midst of suffering while building our character. Jesus became our salvation at Golgotha and showed us that by his own testing and approvedness, proving by his resurrection from the dead that he was the son of God, he also gives us the ability to endure, to suffer but endure, to suffer but have character built, to suffer but then still have a hope in him. Why? Because number five, we can we are transformed formed by the resurrection of Jesus, given new life in Jesus, and are able to re-engage the mission of God with the hope of our resurrection from the dead, following in the train of Christ represented by his own empty tomb. And so in 2021, what God's continually showing us is that you can still have hope because that is a forever narrative. Not only is it it a historic narrative, meaning Jesus did these things to redeem humanity, but it's the forever narrative that he gives you to maintain your hope. That though you might now experience the scourge of sin, God says that because of his death, burial, and resurrection, he's called you into the hope of new life, either now or eternally in him. And because of the ultimate glories for which we are destined in Christ, the love that God pours out in our hearts gives us hope for our situation and gives us strength to once again engage others, meaning come out of our caves, come out of our caves from this pandemic into the hope that he offers us. That's why Timothy Keller said this. He said, the glory of the Christian life is that we have a hope that overwhelms grief. It doesn't eradicate it, it sweetens it, it overwhelms it. And he went on to say that the happy ending of the resurrection is so enormous that it swallows up even the sorrow of the cross. This means that for the Christian, no matter how dark it gets, you are always on a trajectory for things to get better as you stay grounded in the hope of Christ and his resurrection life. That's why hope springs eternal. And even as we know that things sometimes get worse, meaning the cross, before they get better, meaning the empty tomb of Jesus and thus ours, what we also know is that because we know the culmination of Christ's story, that he's victorious and ruling and reigning, making, preparing to make his return, we also know the end of our story as well. And no matter where you find yourself today, If you know the reason for hope is grounded in God's goodness, you know that God wants to meet you in the midst of suffering and through the suffering produce endurance, character, and hope that doesn't disappoint, then you too can have a hope that springs eternal because of the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. That's his narrative and it will forever be yours as you follow him in that great hope. In Jesus' name. Now, what we want to do is we want to pray for you so that regardless of where you find yourself today, if you say, you know what, I have had faith in God, but you know what, over the course of this past year, my hope for better things, my hope for a better day has been damaged because I have have been buffeted by all of my circumstances, but I need my hope renewed, hope for the promises that God's actually made me and shown me in his word. If that's you, let you pray this prayer with me today as we ask God to renew hope in us. 
God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. And I pray that regardless of what they've experienced in 2020, that God Almighty, you would help them to once again look to Jesus and his narrative of his life, but also his march to the cross, Father, his death, and then ultimately his victorious, miraculous resurrection from the dead. And God, because they've been called into that life, because they've been called into that hope, God, may they have hope for all other things that pertain to life and godliness in you. That, Father, if they need to live sin, um, um, sin-free, Father, they can do so. They can be set free even now from the things that have been besetting them in the dark places, in the secret places, right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you set my brothers and sisters free? And would you give them hope for the good things relationally in terms of their calling, in terms of your provision towards them? Father, would you give them hope for these things once again because you're good and you're the God who sees them right where they are? And God, may you silence the voice of the enemy that would try to condemn them in their discouragements and give them once again a a renewed connection with your body who can provide daily encouragement unto that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. And now, if you are not just a person who says, I need hope, but you understand that hope has never really truly been yours because you've never made your peace with God. You've never submitted to Jesus to be justified by faith and you found yourself at odds with him, but say, today, I want that to be done. I want the hope of God. I want to encourage you with this last quote that you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And God wants to give you a new hope for new life today. And so if that's you, would you pray this last prayer with me? Almighty God, I admit to you today that I've been without you and without hope in the world, that I've been a sinner and I've rebelled against you deserving death and hell, but I don't want that today. And I say, Jesus, I believe that you lived the sinless life that I should have lived and on that cross died the death that I should have died. So that three days later, because of your innocence, you were raised from the dead so I could have forgiveness of sins and new life in you. God, would you please forgive me today and make me a new creation? I proclaim Jesus my Lord and ask you to show me how to love you and walk in the hope of your goodness from this day forward with your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the good news is if you prayed that prayer, God said he's made you a new creation. So would you go with me to our website, secondcitychurch.com slash newlife? There, you can find not only resources, but also next steps of how to walk in this new life and the hope that God has for you. Once again, have a strength in the Lord, a strengthening in the Lord from our time together today to have your hope in the living God and his great love for you renewed. Now this week, we're gonna continue that encouragement in our community groups. And we, if you've not found one yet, we want you to go to our website to find both virtual and in-person options, which you might enjoy. Um, we'll be praying for you this week, so please do let us know how we can be standing for you. But next week, please also be thinking about a friend that you can also invite who also needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Share the message as you are able this week. And again, until then, have a great week in the Lord. We love you and God bless you.